a freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Training camp day one, practice one for the Seahawks today. DK Metcalf will join us in mm. 30 minutes from mm. training camp. Should be great. I don't think we've ever talked to him. Brock, have you ever talked to him on the show? On maybe the when he was show. first drafted, but I don't, yeah, I don't we really. Did, I think we did early. Maybe when he was first drafted exactly. or something like we that. Did. But not we since did. he started playing no. or anything like that. So Mm-mm. looking forward to talking to DK. We'll do that coming up in 30 minutes and then uh, early Mariner game today. So we'll be done at 9, turn things over to the pregame really? show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Were you not prepared for that? Yeah, we're done at 9 o'clock, and we'll give it to the pregame show. First pitch is at 10-10, and we'll give you a lineup as soon as we see that as well. Every day at 8 o'clock, though, here over the next five weeks, we are going through the most intriguing Seahawks, the 25 most intriguing Seahawks here at camp. Number 25 was Drew Locke, of course. Number 24, Brock, do you remember his name? Nope. Chris Stoll, he's your new long snapper, and uh, that'll just be a little trivia question because he won't matter unless he does. Today, though, we're on to the next guy on our list. Uh, I wasn't ready. Sorry. What do you mean oh. you weren't ready? Oh, it's training camp. Mora. Oh, Mora. Mora. Oh, Number no. 23. No. <laughs> Number 23. Slack. Mora. I mean, I just stalled for like two minutes for her, for God's sakes. How much slack does she get? She was in here distracting it's me. G's fault. Oh, yeah, oh, it's G's fault. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that's pretty. As far as excuses go, being distracted by G's a pretty good one. Number 23, most intriguing Seahawk, Trey Brown. Cornerback. Yeah. Didn't do a whole lot last year. Had a whole bunch of injuries. But if you go back two years, he was a feisty little rookie, man. Everybody Mm -hmm. seemed to really like him. Pete Carroll said after a game that they liked a whole bunch of the things that he was doing. He he does. and, And he's making his plays down the field, too. You know, when he's challenged deep. He's been in position a number of times already, and and so there's a consistency about him and a toughness about him. And it, you're right; you can see it. He's feisty. You know, he's he's got that real attitude that we love uh, to add into the group. So um, he's doing a good job. He's got a lot of those qualities that Pete likes. Maybe not the ideal size for a cornerback in Pete's scheme, but he's got all the other a scrap a right size not, not ideal. ideal right. And it seems to impress his uh, fellow teammates, Bobby Wagner, before he left and came back. Definitely liked what he saw. I think the biggest thing is, is um, the way that he studies the game. I think that's what gives him his confidence. Um, and then he plays with no fear. You know, when he sees something, he, he goes. And that was something that you noticed, um, you know, when he first got here. He wasn't afraid to take a chance. And sometimes, you know, uh, when you have a young guy or a rookie come in, um, they want to do right. And they want to be like the playbook so bad that they it almost makes them um, scared to to be instinctive. Yeah, he says that's not who Trey Brown is at all. He doesn't have any fear. He goes right after it. So if you rewind a year and a half or so, Brock, 
there was some real conversation about Trey Brown being the long-term starter. Now, the Seahawks, since then, brought in Mike Jackson last year, who had a fantastic year. Obviously, they drafted Devin Witherspoon. Twice now, they've brought in Artie Burns. They drafted Tariq Woolen, who's turned himself into a top-notch corner. So a lot has changed since Trey Brown first kind of arrived on the scene and started having success. But at the time... You know, guys like Paul Moyer, who certainly has a lot of experience with the secondary, he thought he was going to be like the guy long term. But what I know is when I watch the film, he's really smart at reading what type of routes are coming and also reading the quarterback. And there's just a timing to it. And it's hard. He does things you can't teach. He just has a really good feel for the game. He has a really good feel for when the ball's in the air. Um, he's got confidence. you got to be confident uh, as a corner. And I don't even care if you're cocky, arrogant. It's the one position you really can get away with it, it can, and you need to be because you cannot worry about mistakes. At the same time, you better be a smart guy because you can't make mistakes at corner. You look at the depth chart right now, Brock, and he is probably fourth. Fifth? Fourth? Tariq, Devin, Jackson, he'd be the fourth. Well, I mean, I'm just saying Kobe Bryant, who played so much at nickel. I know it's yeah, a slightly different nickel. spot. He's ahead of him on the outside. Okay. Kobe's Kobe's an inside. Yeah, he's going to be a nickel. So he'd be, he'd be your fourth corner. And I think the biggest disruption to his career arc is twofold. It's his knee, his injury, unfortunately, one. And then this guy named Tariq Woolen, who couldn't play corner at University of Texas San Antonio as a roadrunner, and then becomes... <laughs> an all pro caliber corner as a rookie. So that one kind of disrupted the apple cart that was going down a pretty good path. Trey's rookie year where he was all of those things, feisty and scrappy and, and could play the ball and could see the ball and do a lot of things, Mike, that some of the previous iterations of corner could not do. Mm -hmm. I remember watching a lot of these guys that, okay, you've got the length, you've got the size, but you can't play the ball. You can't read things. And yeah, he got quick feet and he was kind of the one that broke some of, I think Pete's, preference for these like size length shape of corners that right, he has he was better than Therald simon uh, yeah, yeah yeah and who was the guy that then became a safety with the Bengals and blank trey, trey flowers. flowers yes yeah you're better than better than those guys better in and out better adjustment better ball awareness better all those things and he'd be the one now that would benefit trey maybe as much as anybody of devin witherspoon trying to get more cash if Devin's going to miss some reps and miss some opportunities, Trey Brown's going to be the one that says, whew, thank you. And Tariq Woolen, by the way, going to largely, you know, I, I think anticipate starting this year on Pup 2. So if there's no Witherspoon and there's no Tariq today on the field, I think you're probably looking at Jackson and Trey Brown in the with the number ones. Yeah. Which is great news for him. If he is assuming those guys come back, and assuming that they don't trade from their position of strength, meaning corner and safety, what does his year look like? Because as you said, <clears throat> fourth on the depth chart. But it's not just that, because <clears throat> you do add Kobe Bryant in when you start talking about a nickel package. You do add in whether it's going to be Love or even Jerry. I mean, like, you got a bunch of safeties who can kind of mm -hmm. play in that role as well. How much does he get to see the field? Best case scenario? And this sounds terrible to say, but best case scenario, Reek comes back and Devin's there and gets the work in. And yeah. best case scenario, this kid lights it up in the preseason games, has a couple picks. Trade him. And he's traded. Because other teams need corners. 
That is in the supply and demand world. You don't have enough supply of big guys in the interior, and you've got a lot of supply of guys on the perimeter. I hope he and Dre uh, and Eskridge have unbelievable camps, unbelievable camps, unbelievable preseason games, so that those are maybe a couple guys on the perimeter where teams have needs around the league that you can find a partner that, well, hopefully they have a supply of some big people. All right, there you go. He is number 23 on our most intriguing list, Trey oh, Brown. I felt better than Chris Stoll. God, I mean, no know, offense to Mr. The, the Stoll. amount of grief I know, about I know, Chris Stoll. I know. I'm trying to educate you, trying to help you guys learn a name well, after that you last, didn't know. Uh, after yesterday, you could see part of Mora's dilemma. Like, do I even do this? Oh, my God. I mean, what, what, what are we going to go here, 23? <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You like, are I'm, not. <laughs> a little bit. How dare you? I, I can't believe you would even say something like that. We that is have wrong. A, we end an hour early? Yes, of course Genius. we do. Yes, we end an hour early. Can we not early. go on, like, Spotify you wanna, or something? You Lineup for the Mariners today, since they play at ten ten. You want to know what the lineup looks like the today? The rubber match, not just for the series, the season. Oh series. my gosh, it's all on three the line to three today. Versus these twins. Where is Julio hitting today, Brock? I hope fifth. Keep him fifth, mm. Scott. Keep him fifth. Mm. That well, seemed to day, work pretty let me, well. Let me first tell you that it's a day off day for J.P. Crawford. Well, he got hit in the knee last night, and so it was, was a scheduled day off for him. It. Also, day okay. game after a night game. So, with that in mind, all right, Julio's leading off. Oh, followed by Suarez at third, Teo in right field, and oh. then Ford the DH. Ty France hits fifth. Apparently, that's the spot where you go to to kind of get your mojo again. Okay. Uh, Tom Murphy catches Cade Marlowe back in there in left field again. Dylan Moore plays short, and Colton Wong, everybody's favorite, is uh, the number nine hitter. Pitch well, today. Bryce. Pitch yeah. well, Bryce. We'll see what that see Pitch what that lineup well, is able Bryce. to to do for Bryce Miller today <laughs> against Joe Ryan. All right, we'll come right back. Give you everything you need to know, including why Brock is so high on Julio hitting fifth. It's next on Brock and Salk. Wyman and Bob. Every afternoon at 2. I think for Jerry, I mean, we're going to hang on every single word trying to get clues of what he thinks right now and what he's going to do at the trade deadline. And he has to be careful of what he says there. I don't know. What are the chances, Bob, that this is all deception? He's got a really big awesome move <laughs> that he's just not showing us. He's, oh, poor us. Well, maybe 2024. And then, boom, he hits you with the big trade. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love it. Find the latest news and updates on the MLB trade deadline at Seattle Sports. Hey, it's Mike Salk here. It's funny you talk about chips and dip. That will get you, and that will definitely uh, add on the pounds. I was eating way too much stuff like that, but it wasn't just that. It was desserts. It was chips. It was everything. And eventually, I saw the worst number I'd ever seen on the scale, 220 pounds, just brutal at my height. And so uh, I went to Eastside Weight Loss Clinic, and they helped me lose 35 pounds in just eight weeks, got down to 185, and I've managed to stay in the right zone afterwards thanks to a really great maintenance program that absolutely works. They have great recipes, so the food's really good. You're not hungry. I was not hungry even as I was losing all the weight, and I loved what I was eating. If it's time for you to do the same, schedule your free consultation. Call 425-588-0080 or go online to eastsideweightlossclinic.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Mariners going for a series win today. They could really use one and just kind of where they've been. You can make an argument that with a couple of games going differently, like one clutch hit and one blown save, 
the Mariners could have won six straight. They win yesterday. Another incredible come-from-behind victory. Julio Rodriguez plays a big role with two home runs. Gino Suarez, a huge clutch hit late. A one-two. Swing and a ground ball. Quickly skips past Castro at third base and into left field. Marlowe is in to score. Wong right behind him. He crosses home plate. Two runs in. J.P. Crawford is into third. A. Eugenio Suarez with a two-run go-ahead double. And the top of the ninth inning of the Mariners find themselves in front for the first time tonight. Eight to six in front of the Twins. Yeah, pretty remarkable to see that comeback and the fight still left in them. Colton Wong described that yesterday, even after the loss, that they were still feeling pretty confident about the way they were playing and they got some help. Seven of nine RBIs from the big guns in the lineup, Julio and Teo and 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 Suarez mm-hmm. and Brock. They got more contributions from the ancillary pieces. Kate Marlowe hit a home run, and Scott actually liked his ninth inning at bat even better. Sure, showed me a lot about it. Sure, that's playing baseball and knowing what the situation calls for. And um, you know, I, we need those type of what I call team at bats. You're not looking to be the hero. You just pass the baton to the next guy and. Uh, uh, we often joke about, you know, knowing the signs or whatever. We won the game because Colton Wong knows the signs, you know. Uh, we let Kate steal, sets up the bunt, he executes it perfectly, and now all of a sudden the inning starts to unravel for them. So it's a little bit of everything to help us win the ball game tonight. Yeah, these two teams are identical in many, many ways. They pitch well, they strike out a lot. You know, it's the night before they do the situational hitting. Correa gets a hit in the bottom of the 10th to win it. Yesterday it was a Eugenio Suarez, but it was set up by pressurizing your opponent. As Scott just talked about, it was Caden Marlowe drawing that walk, stealing the base. A beautiful, perfect bunt by Colton Wong, and you could feel the pressure was on them. And and then, well, two, three, four responded. A Eugenio gets the ground ball. Teo gets the fly ball. You just do those little things that have been missing. And will today be Michael Jordan Day? I mean, that's how I'm looking at this Mariner game. Will it be Michael Jordan Day? Will today be the 23rd time you hit 500 at 51 and 51? Or can you get two games above it today before a day off and a trip to Arizona? He's still the most famous 23, always and forever. For In my heart, yes. <laughs> in Brock's heart, yes. Here's the second thing you need to By know. the way, it'll be Bryce Miller on the mound at 10-10. We'll be done at 9 o'clock in order to make way uh, for the pregame show. It is day one of practice today for the Seahawks and training camp. We'll talk to DK Metcalf about it. Coming up here in about 10 minutes at 8.30. Uh, won't be hitting yet today, but we'll get a sense of who's there, who's not, who's healthy, who isn't, and maybe who's in the lead for some of those starting spots. Brock, sounds like you've got some concerns that at least one player that everyone would expect to be there may not yeah. be well the only rookie that remains unsigned i think in the entire league i know for the seahawks remains devin witherspoon so uh, some conversation of whether or not he will be on the field today whether or not that deal gets done there is no debate about what this total contract is these guys are slotted now it's the most money this regime will ever pay <laughs> a draft pick because he was the number five pick in this draft as that number rises and climbs but it's all about win when that actual cash of that guaranteed signing bonus comes. And the Seahawks in all of their contracts, the one that Uchenna just signed, other deals they, they get done, they defer money, mm-hmm. right, to be fiscally responsible. He wants his money now. Feels like the four guys ahead of him all got their money, got big signing bonuses, and how long he's willing to play that game and not be available and not be on the field. Well, that will be up to Mr. Witherspoon and his representation. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he will be there when practice starts later today. 
Here's the third thing you need to know. They already have made a couple of moves. Quandre Diggs reporting himself yesterday that he had restructured his contract, and that should free up a little additional cap space. Uh, They do still need a nose tackle, so maybe that'll get it done. They do cut mysterious edge rusher Alton Robinson, who Pete had said had been dealing with quite a bit in a long comeback road. Unfortunately, apparently it comes to an end as they move on. He missed last year with a knee injury. And then, Brock, you mentioned a couple other guys that we could see start the year on Pup. Yeah, I think we all anticipated Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks on Pup. They will be on Pup. Uh, but a couple other guys to keep you know, that we were keeping an eye on. Was Kobe Bryant going to be on Pup? He missed a lot of OTAs. No, he should be good to go, as should Abe Lucas. But Tariq Woolen, who had that knee injury mm-hmm. that, that missed the just last scope, half of OTAs, right? just a scope and a little surgery, I would expect him to be on Pup and Noah Fant as well. Both of those guys, they are going to... Throw with I Noah think, Fant. Uh, I think he also had, was it a knee or shoulder? He, he also had an injury that he was coming. He had some surgery, some scope, some cleanup in the offseason. So that both, stuff taken care of. Both of those guys should be in the kind of the Jackson Smith and Jigba, Devin Witherspoon kind of ramp up throughout training camp. But we'll start it on Pup, and I would expect maybe on the field next week mm. in some capacity, but not these first four days. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. Yeah, so just a little bit of clarification with this Devin Witherspoon. It can change at any moment, right? right? I mean, he and his agent could say, All right, we're you know what? I, I got to be there. I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss reps. With, with Woolen out, especially here on Pup, I got to get on that field. They 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 kind of slow played me through some of the OTAs, and I feel great. I got to be there. I got to be a part of this thing. And this is where agents get involved, Mike. And they say, hey, 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 man, this is a business. You just trust me. You trust our agency. We've been here before. The four guys ahead of you got a whole lot of their signing bonuses right away. And we're going to fight to to get you as much right away and not defer it to later. And I tell you, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to come up with a with a defense for him there, and it's hard to do. I mean, I as I said, okay, I guess I understand that you know with inflation and with interest rates where they are, that maybe there's a, an argument to be made that cash now is worth even more than it used to be compared to cash in the future. But it doesn't feel like enough to hold out over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you've got the salary agreed upon. Because there's no options, and you've Correct. got the guaranteed money agreed upon. Because there's Correct. no options, I, I don't know how you get into a fight over when you get paid. Like mm-hmm. it's not worth holding out. I know that's not. The I mean, you've term said for many payday. years. You've said for many years you'll take the Bobby Bonilla deal, right? If Bonneville wants to pay you till you're 65, I don't know, you, that, I, I don't know that I've said that. But uh, <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh, okay, I don't, I'm I don't sorry. know that I've ever used those <laughs> words. But you know, if they don't want to, if they want to just defer the millions and millions, uh, the millions? and millions, yeah. The millions, the huh? millions that Bobby Bonilla is going to see <laughs> forever and ever, seemingly, yeah. right? And and this is a part of that. Let's cap. talk more about those millions. How are we going to make? Let's make that happen because you know what I'd like. Can I borrow some money? Yeah, I'd like millions. I'd like to see if we could make that go down. Yes. All right, Deke. Speaking of millions, the guy who got millions. paid last year quite millions. a bit of money, and he's been worth every penny. I love watching him play. DK Metcalf will join us from training camp next. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Looking forward to talking to DK Metcalf, which we will do here in just a couple of minutes. Seahawks are starting 
practicing today. First yes. practice of the season, real practices, training camp practice. Now, they're not hitting yet or anything mm-hmm. like that. But for the first time, uh, we will see this team out there and practicing. And, you know, DK's arguably their best player, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was the only guy on the team who made the top 10 at any position, according to ESPN. Uh, He was somehow just outside the top 100, which I still think is ridiculous, according to NFL Network. But, you know, he's got that game-breaking ability that very few in the league have. Yeah, just a size, strength, speed quotient that is really unique. And off of that playoff loss, those words of Pete Carroll still resonate to me when he talked about that 49er front seven and just guys that are different than everybody else. And DK is that guy. He's number one on that list for the Seahawks. Being able to do things on a field with his frame and his size that others just cannot do in the impact that has. And now going to be benefited by Jackson inside, Tyler on the other side. I think going to see a lot more one-on-one coverage because of it and a chance to be even that much more dominant. We talked about a developmental program, right, and how you know Pete needs that. And we talked about a lot of guys that have developed in their time in Seattle. You put DK on that list? No, absolutely. I think I would, right? I mean, some of the question marks when he first came in, can he run routes? Is he just a physical guy or, or does he have all the other stuff? Watching him, I don't feel like he's ever really had that problem. And I think you got to give some of the credit to the development here, him for doing the work and the coaching mm-hmm. staff for helping him and what to do. Yeah. I, well, Phil Longo's system at Ole Miss was one that had like three routes in the tree. It's like a go and a slant and a hitch. I mean, it just wasn't, it was not an NFL system at all. And, and I've told the story before of doing a, doing some work in a PSA in the, in the indoor facility that got me in there like late at night. And who's over there catching tennis balls? On, on the jugs machine, right? Who, who was the one doing the extra work there as a rookie, a second-year player? Who was the one attached to, to Russell's hip? At, at any time Russell was training, it was DK Metcalf. And, yeah, I think the, the contract and the reward last year is a, is, a, is a statement to that development over the course of his four years. All right, well, let's bring him on right now. DK Metcalf, our first training camp guest of the season. Mm. DK, thanks for being with us. Good to have you. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Man, so everything feels, at least from our perspective, very different from last year. You had all these questions, and Russ was gone, and weren't sure who the quarterback was going to be. Now you're in year two. You know that Gino is your guy. How do you expect that to go in year two with him? Um, I think just building on last year, uh, I think we ended in a in a good spot. Um, you know, making the playoffs and and going on a little uh, you know run with the team that we had. Um, you know, in the building, but uh, with the additional pieces that we had added this offseason, uh, you know, signed some guys to, you know, longer term deals. So uh, just excited just to get back to work um, and just build on last year. What do you Compare- like? I'm sorry, just quickly. What do you like about what what Gino does? What do you like about the way he throws you the ball? Um, I mean, he, Gino's going to be Gino. He, he didn't, you know, try to come in and, and try to, uh, you know, be anybody else but himself. So I think he, he knows himself and he knows how to throw the football. He knows how to, how to be accurate and, and just be himself. Um, and, you know, that's what I think, uh, you know, got him the starting role, uh, you know, at the end of camp. And um, he just built on it, from, you know, from the time that he was a backup to, you know, earning his uh, starting spot. So I think it was just him just being competitive in practice and, and not just, you know, letting the, the outside noise get to him. You remember this day five years ago, your first training camp? Uh, I mean, it does not feel like five years uh, <laughs> has gone by, but, uh, you know, just a blessing just to, you know, still be in this position and, and still being able to play at a high level. Compare and contrast DK Metcalf, the rookie, versus DK Metcalf, the fifth-year pro. Um, I think uh, I would I would 
um, compare and contrast it, but I'm still I still have the same hunger, uh, the same the same drive, but um, my mentality is different uh, in in the aspect of how I approach the game. Uh, I know I have uh, you know a bunch of rookies behind me, uh, you know, asking me a lot of questions. So is this kind of transitioning to the all right, I'm not the young guy anymore. Um, you know, I'm answering questions for the young guy. So, you know, just taking what Bobby and Russ and, you know, Locke have taught me, you know, my first few years in the league and just applying it to my life and, you know, giving them the same, uh, you know, bits and pieces of information they gave me. We, we heard you talk a little bit about leadership uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on one of the podcasts and talking about how you learned a little bit about yourself and the style of leadership that is that works for you. What did you learn? Um, you know, I'm not the talkative person that, that's going to get you hyped before a game. Uh, you know, I like my actions to speak louder than my words. So, you know, just how I approach practice and how I practice, uh, you know, a lot of people feed off of that. A lot of people are, are going to watch how I do things and, uh, you know, just to try to put my best foot forward for them to try to mimic me, um, you know, so they can be the best, uh, best uh, person that they can be, you know, at practice and then translate it to the game. Did you need to learn that last year in the absence of Bobby and Russ and the leadership and the captains that walked out that door? Did you kind of, with that void of some of that leadership, need to learn a little bit about who you were and how you went about it? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I think it's better, uh, you know, in year four than, you know, year five, six or seven uh, that I learned that. So, um, you know, I, I know a little bit more about myself and how I need to approach the game more uh, this year than, you know, I, I've ever learned, uh, you know, in the previous years because, um, you know, we've always I've always had dogs around me, uh, whether that's going back to high school, college or when I first got here. So uh, I think learning that in year four really just helped me, you know, you know, develop my skills and, uh, you know, my personality and uh, just who I am on and off the field. Right, I got to apologize in advance because I got like four questions in a row here that are all about <laughs> respect. And I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like, you know, the, the typical media guy trying to elicit a reaction that's going to get you in trouble or anything like that. But. But I mean, all of these, you're 101st, according to the NFL Network list that just started to come out yesterday, 101st. That doesn't seem like an accurate reflection to me. What was your reaction when you heard that? Um, I mean, you know, it's none of my business, uh, you know, what other people think about me. I think very highly of myself and the type of player that I am. And, uh, you know, the only thing I care about is, you know, how, you know, Gino, my O-line and, uh, other receivers and other peers uh, in, inside this building think of me, um, you know, especially, you know, I, I wouldn't think Pete Carroll would, would put me at 101st. So, you know, that's all I care about. Good. That's a great answer. And we'll we'll make the argument for you so you don't have to. And we'll let you argue in favor of a few of your teammates who I think also got screwed. Quandre, right. Bobby. How did, how, I mean, like, neither of those guys are considered top 10 at their position. Quandre 110th in the league. Why don't they get more respect? Uh, I think people, uh, you know, we're too far away from a lot of the people in the, in the rest of the U.S. for them to really pay attention to us. So, um, I mean, I, I just liked how they keep doubting us and, you know, keep disrespecting us because they're not going to be, you know, expect us to, you know, be great or do great things, you know, sort of like how we did last year when, you know, they didn't expect us to make the playoffs and we did. So, you know, the, the noise is going to always be there. Uh, we just have to hush it up, you know. Because you don't care of that outside noise, is that why you roll with tuxedo shorts? All right. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I can wear what I want to wear and, you know, not care what everybody else thinks. Where do you buy tuxedo shorts? Um, like, you got to buy the pants and then they got to cut them for you. Oh, so you got to go to a <laughs> yeah. tailor? Uh, well, I was at Marin's Warehouse. You know, I didn't really didn't go to a tailor. <laughs> so so how many? Hold on a minute. Hold on. You're DK Metcalf. You go to Men's Warehouse to what? Rent a tux? 
No, I bought tux. Okay, so you buy a tux. Yes, sir. And you're like, hey, and by the way, if you haven't seen this, this was at, whose wedding was this? It was at Lockett's wedding. wedding. You're you're Mm -hmm. wearing shorts, a tuxedo short get up. No doubt why Brock, I think, suggested it was to take the onus away from Lockett's hair, but that doesn't seem right. You said it. That's okay. I I didn't think that was right. I'm sorry to, sorry to repeat that. That's crazy. So you go, you go to, you go to men's warehouse, you buy a tox and you say, Hey, would you mind cutting this down to shorts length? Mm -hmm. And they had no problem doing it. They had the little chalk lined it up and, and tailored it for me. So I told them, appreciate it, and thank you, and, and gave them their bills and walked out. Where did you get the idea for that? Um, I saw LeBron do it a couple years ago. With, uh, oh. I think it was the Met Gala. So, uh, oh. you know, he, he was an inspiration for that outfit, I will say. I mean, there's a long conversation here, but I do want to get back to football because you got to run to a meeting <laughs> sure? in a couple minutes. I, I think do. this is more interesting uh, than anything he's going to say about football. I do. I, I want to talk about one of those rookies that, that you mentioned there that, that are looking up to you. For for the Hawks fans that are going to sit on that berm that weren't out there for OTAs and mini camps and they don't get all the behind the scenes, who he's is gonna Jackson? He's going to be special. He's yeah, going to who- be special. I knew you were going to ask about him. He's going to be special. Um, he's going to make a lot of plays for us this year, and I just can't you know, wait for everybody to see what he does in training camp and uh, you know, for him to experience the twelves um, and eighty thousand fans screaming at him every time he scores a touchdown. So he's going to be very special for us in his offense. Who is his game? I mean, we've seen Doug Baldwin. We know Doug mm-hmm. Baldwin. You've been around it. You've been around great receivers. You train with great receivers. If you were to kind of compare and contrast his traits and his game, who is it? Uh, well, I really don't like comparing and contrasting people because I think you know Jackson is his own, his own person and he's going to make his own lane. Uh, you know, to be his own great receiver. Um, but you know, a lot, I hear a lot of Doug, uh, ball with comparisons, but, uh, I think Doug and Jackson are, are two, uh, completely different receivers. Um, you know, Doug played outside, um, and he would, you know, go in and block and block the ends. And, um, I think Jackson is more of a finesse receiver and, you know, he's going to get his, his nose dirty a little bit, but, um, you know, he will shake you and, and he can definitely finesse you, uh, when he run when he's running routes. So, um, you know, I, I think Jackson is his own player, his own person. How does it affect you to have him there? I mean, what what will that do to open things up for you and doing your job? Uh, well, you got to worry about uh, Kim Walker, uh, Zach, um, and DJ Dallas in the backfield. Then you have to worry about Tyler Lockett on the other side of the field, and then you got to worry about Jackson in, in the middle. Um, so it's just going to open up everybody else in the offense, and uh, you know, hopefully, teams start uh, to really play us man and, and uh, you know t- pick their poison this year. You got to run to a meeting. You're not going to be late for your first meeting at training camp. But, right. I, but I, I need to know this. I mean, I, I need clarification. Been a lot said about this on on in the noise outside. Your diet. Can you clarify today what <laughs> yes, your sir. diet really is? So that was a video from last year when right. I yep. was really KG. Yeah, yeah, when I was it's eating old. like that. But then after that video, I realized how many kids I was messing up. Um, and how many kids really tried to use that diet and, and it wasn't working, uh, you know, to their best benefit. I had a lot of moms and dads in my DMs like, why did you do this to my kids? So, um, no, I eat twice a day. I still skip breakfast. Um, I've laid off the candy, you know, a lot. Um, but I still drink my coffee uh, once right. a day. Do you go see Taylor Swift? 
Uh, no, sir. I'm not. A, I'm not a Swift. You're not a Swift. Sorry. Right? No, I'm not. I'm not. Man, I'm it was not. loud in there, man. I got to tell I'm you, higher sure, pitch yeah. than for a Seahawks. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. All right. can't we got to let DK go. Thank you, DK. Thank you, DK. Thank you for the uh, shorts information. I'll, I'm going to yes, try that sir. myself. Appreciate it. There is DK Metcalf, and yes, I got a text here from the 503. This is what I was going to read him before you guys like forced me well, to get. He's got to go. He's got to go. Well, first day we can't find. I'm just saying. Okay. Texter from the 503 says, "Of course he had to wear shorts if he tried to wear normal pants." He would be DK mid calf. Oh, that's a oh, wow. joke. Oh boy, that's, that's horrible. I was just it, amazed. I thought he was going to say he used like a celebrity stylist. He just no? went to Men's Warehouse yeah, and said, like, "Cut him up." That, okay. That's amazing. Okay, just see, by chance. Just by changing chance. the subject Listen, after DK mid calf. That was really dumb. I can no, see he's DK not. Some cool that's a that is freaking joke. brilliant. Okay, are you so. kidding me? Five oh so three. Take the rest of the day off. Go do. That's tremendous. You've earned your keep for the day. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. That is the number. And right now, I just have this vibe. You know, it's just kind of hitting me. You know, I'm not going to say it's Holy Spirit led, but I just feel this vibe that there is some some person that works at that men's warehouse, right? Wherever who that was, it? who either did it, who witnessed it, who saw it, who may have been in that men's warehouse. When that went down with DK Metcalf, if that is you and you are a Brock and Salk listener and you happen to be, I don't know, maybe the one that had to chalk DK Metcalf's tuxedo pants and then hem them, can you call in? 866-979-3776. No one's going to call in. Just text in. Or text Just in. Text. Either way. I, you never know. They could call. We're, can not, you, we're not going to take calls on that. I'm just going to um, tell you right now. I'm just going to lay down the law. We're yes, not we taking are. calls on DK Metcalf from men's warehouse for that For that particular employee that may have been the one. Can you imagine being the one when DK comes into the men's warehouse and is like, yeah, yeah, so uh, I need some tuxedo pants. And, you know, I need the pants. And I need them shorts. And I need them hemmed right here. <laughs> Can you put yourself in that place? <laughs> no, but it's awesome. I love that. I think that's one of the best stories I think I've ever heard Can from an athlete. Can we get one of you guys to wear tuxedo shorts to train a kid? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. I love that idea. I mean, yeah. as long as you pay for the tuxedo and the tailoring, I'm not going to buy you know, tuxedo Is a guy that cuts sleeves off? Yeah, that sure seems it. like yeah. that's you, Justin. I was going to say, this is like the opposite. Justin cuts the sleeves off I thought everything. it was hilarious. DK's yeah. like, take the, take the bottom off the, how about off him, the pants. How about Some him choice. interrupting me before I could even say right. the name? Right? I mean, he knows. He's going to be asked about him. But even more so, does that resonate with you? Like, before you even have to mention his name, I'll talk about him. I mean, this isn't the number one pick in the draft, the number 10 pick. Jackson was the 20th pick in the draft, still very high, and the first receiver taken. That resonate with you, stand out, before I could even finish saying the question? Yeah, because he's, I mean, look, uh, you listened to that interview, and DK was prepared. He's prepared. The Seahawks, mm-hmm. they've done their job. He knows what's coming. He knows we're going to ask about Geno. He knows we're going to ask about being 101st on the list. He he knows all that stuff is coming, and he's got a really good— But it wasn't scripted. Pro, no, but it was professional. Yep. I didn't say it was scripted, Yep. but it was a good professional answer. That's the development. That's exactly that what about, he is right? supposed to say. Oh, I'm not yep. worried about it. That's the outside noise. We're focused inside. My guys know who I am. That was great. Love the answer. I mean, it would have been fun if he was like the NFL Network's a bunch of idiots. But okay, like I, I know why he answered the way he did. And we can say that for him, which is great. Well, it's not NFL Network. That one's voted on by the players. Yeah. Well, all right, but that's Supposedly. who that's who puts that out, right? Is yes. NFL? So you'd have to be like all the other players in the league are idiots. Well, he could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah. probably wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But 
the the answer on Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're right, Brock. It, it's before you even get to ask it. He knows where you're going, yep. and he's like, oh, this dude's legit. Well, it's what G. Scott is seeing, and his son there at Ohio State has seen. Those of us who have covered Ohio State has seen what Kyle Whittingham and the Rose Bowl saw, and that is this guy is just he, – he's got a different spidey sense. You know, he, he has got unbelievable feet. To do what he did at the Combine and, and you know, have the fastest shuttle time, that's not – that's not nothing, right? And, and, and that's not just some random test. That shows you short area quickness and burst. That shows you body control and balance that is different and unique. He's got feet that are unique. And, yeah, he is going to be an absolute nightmare for those on third down and those on first down and those in the slot that think they can play a nickel on him or a safety on him or a linebacker on him. He's going to carve them up. He's going to totally carve him up. It's going to take your best nickel defenders in this league to be able to cover him one-on-one. And uh, if they decide to do that, he should have success. And if they don't and they want to play other coverage, then it opens up Tyler and DK White. Everybody, well, everybody's trying to make DK pants jokes now. So I've got Wally, our guy oh, from Stoquami, sure. saying DK takes the top off the defense. Why not take the bottom off the pants too? I mean, the, the techs are rolling in. Uh-huh. But I, I do think there is a legit question to be asked. About why he was shopping at Men's Warehouse. Was that, surpri- was that so the biggest awesome. surprise? So awesome. That surprised me. I really thought he was going to say he used a celebrity stylist. And or something. Like, yeah, I went to, you know, a fancy place. And- what was that? So, uh, yeah, you, you talked over just. I like the way you look. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He did. He seemed happy. Seem pretty happy with the with the. With the I was really event. hoping that it was renting the tux, right? Just like all right. of us do. At you a go wedding. to return it at the end uh-huh. of the wedding, and you're like, "Sorry, somebody cut the pants <laughs> off." Of it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I, they came this way. I don't. I don't know. What now was the deposit on that again? Here, here's what is cool about the Pacific Northwest. Still, it's not South Alaska as much as it was in 2009. It's just not. Right? And when Matt Hasselback and those guys would joke about that and Sean Alexander would be really bothered by it, that there was no attention, it's no longer South Alaska, but it is still the Pacific Northwest. It is still miles away from L.A. and New York City and a lot of these major hubs in Chicago and others that will just promote their players, you know, that he probably, if he were in those markets, wouldn't go to the men's warehouse. Yeah. Right, but in Seattle, I can go to the men's warehouse, yeah, and no I can problem. be totally comfortable this in my. And this is no shot at the men's warehouse. Well, if you've worked there and in the shop little, there, it's a little I'd, bit of a shot. At no, the it is warehouse. not. I nope. mean, a little bit. Uh-uh. But once they bought Mister Tux, there's pretty much no other way to rent a Tux. Like, if you want a Tux and you don't have like access to like fancy whatever, uh-huh. that's kind of your option. They they own Mister Tux for God's sakes. I remember going to Mr. Tux as a kid. I've told you the story about the guy in the next uh, in the next stall. My buddy Brian and I were getting uh, dressed. We we're trying on our tuxes for mm-hmm. junior prom, senior prom, whatever it was. And uh, this guy who was a couple of years older than us, I won't say his name, uh, who had graduated a couple of years ago, was working there. And while we were in the uh, stalls, we heard some like some big dudes come in and start threatening him over gambling debts. Oh, oh dude, oh, it was oh, crazy. Oh, oh, never nice. really heard anything nice. like that. It was like, and he owed like, I don't know, 10, $20,000 or something ooh, like that. Ooh, and they ooh, were ooh, like, well, you ooh. better have it on X. Like if they were making threats and the whole thing. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Not good. About as memorable as his pants. <laughs>
Yes. I'll never forget that one. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, that was uh, that was a strange, strange day. So, all right, Seahawks uh, practice will get underway today. DK has grown. Their wide receiving core should be excellent. Didn't have a chance to ask him about the guys on the other side of the field from him, but mm-hmm. the story of the day, it sounds like, at least according to Brock, may very well later today be that the Seahawks have the one rookie in the entire NFL who isn't showing up to training camp, and sounds like that's the route that Devin Witherspoon may choose to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll see. Again, this can change right now. This could change in the next hour. This could change. I don't. The, the Seahawks are not going to change. This has been the way they have conducted and done their business. And it's very easy to say to Devin and to his agents and to all of them, this is the way we structure deals. Remember, we have talked about this for years. We talked about it with Russell's contracts. We just talked about it with Uchenna Nuosu yesterday, that they love folding in for veteran players, the extension. And then they love, you know, from just being fiscally responsible, deferring cash and being responsible with that budget. And understanding, no, this is the way that we do this. This is the way we've sustained success for 14 years. And you know what? We wouldn't have drafted number five and had to lay out this kind of cash to a rookie. But thankfully, we traded Russell Wilson. And the Denver Broncos gave us this number five pick in this draft. And it is a big outlay. It's, it is more millions guaranteed to any rookie than they've ever done before. You know, shame on me, by the way, because I, I went through all those storylines and I wrote about it, seattlesports.com. You can oh, read yeah. them. Shame on you here. Well, no, shame on me for not, Seriously. for not sort of recognizing what you just said. Like, as much as there's going to always be eyes on rookies and especially dr- rookies drafted up high, part of the storyline for this year is that's what you got out of the Russell Wilson number five pick. Yep. That is that is the I mean the biggest piece of yep. the Russell Wilson trade is now Devin Witherspoon and that is something that you'll always going to be monitoring. Now the Russell Wilson trade was a win mm-hmm. even if you didn't get anything from the yep. picks yep. just because of what's happened to him and you since. Yes. But Devin Witherspoon's the biggest piece you got back for Russell Wilson. Yeah, and let's hope in 3 4 years we can talk about and write what the New York Jets talked about and wrote yesterday and the people that cover the Jets. And that is, you know, yesterday the anniversary of the Jamal Adams trade and those two first rounders turned into Garrett Wilson and Vera Tucker, their their guard and their receiver foundational all pro or pro bowl caliber young players. And, you know, let's hope that this number five pick turned in Devin Witherspoon turns out to be just that a difference maker with Tariq Woolen and now two of the best young lockdown corners in this league. Uh, will he be out there today? Uh, keep an eye and an ear on that. Stacy and Bump will be out there. Uh, all of our, our shows will be out there through all of training camp. There is no better place for anything coming Seahawks training camp than right here. And I hope you get a little sense and feel for that as, as you know, we dig into some of these conversations that uh, hopefully are at times even ahead of, uh, of what others tend to see. All right, well, we'll look for that today, see whether or not Devin Witherspoon is out there. It doesn't sound like it is likely. Mariners have an early game today, 10-10 start, first pitch. You got Bryce Miller on the hill. No J.P. Crawford today, had a scheduled day off, and he got hit in the knee last night. So Julio moves back into the leadoff spot. Then Suarez, Hernandez, Ford at the D.H., and then France Murphy catching today. Kate Marlowe back in left field. All of a sudden, Kate Marlowe's hitting put, 333 with yeah. a home run and put a couple Kellen of stolen X's bags. head on Kate Marlowe's body, and you wouldn't know any difference. That dude is a monster. He is fast. That oppo home run, 408 feet. Is he a little taller than Kelnick? 
I wish I was taller. He I looks. Wish I, was a <laughs> I don't know if he actually is. Oppo four. I think they're both about six one. Is that uh-huh. true? Yeah. Yep. He looks for whatever reason. He has like a taller look to him. Dylan Moore is mm-hmm. at short today, and then Colton Wong is back mm-hmm. at second base, and uh, that's uh, that's what we'll be talking about tomorrow. Devin Witherspoon, Seahawks first day of practice, and what the Mariners are able to do and today, pants. and and DK's shorts. You're gonna like the way you look. From I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> That guy's voice is truly unbelievable, isn't it? Yes. Gets low, real, real low. All right. We're going to turn things over to Shannon Dreyer in the pregame show here in just a moment. We'll look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. What a day it's been, Brock. Until tomorrow, the hay is in the barn barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!